Let us pray. Dearest Jesus, turn our sinful darkness into light. Receive us and save us in your grace. Heal the serpent's venomed bite in the font where we are washed. Let it flow a Jordan River from the leprosy of our sin to deliver. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning comes from the book of Numbers, the 21st chapter, beginning with the fourth verse. They set out from Mount Hor along the road to the Red Sea to the go around the land of Edom, but the people became very impatient along the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Look, there's no food, there's no water, and we are disgusted by this worthless food. The Lord sent venomous snakes among the people, and the snakes bit the people. As a result, many people from Israel died. The people went to Moses and said, We have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed on behalf of the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a venomous snake and put it on a pole. If anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will live. Moses made a bronze snake and put it on the pole. If a snake had bitten anyone, if that person looked at the bronze snake, he lived. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. This is one of those images that really gets burned in the mind. The people were bitten by venomous snakes, dying from the bites. And Moses, instructed by God, built a snake out of bronze and lifted it high on a pole for the people to see so that... If they looked at it in faith, they would be saved. Jesus himself referred to this event in his nighttime Bible study with the Pharisee Nicodemus. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The lesson here is absolutely clear. When suffering the sting of sin's venom, Look to the one who takes away the sting. We're one week away from Easter. Today is Palm Sunday. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on this day to spend the week preparing for his death and for his resurrection. So that what Paul would later write, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that that would be true. And therefore, when this sin bites with its venom, in the first place, recognize a call to repentance. Moses makes it clear why the people suffered from these snakes. The people spoke against God and against Moses. It was a punishment. The question may be asked, does God still send punishments for sin in our lives now? Think of the current coronavirus pandemic. Maybe you're sick of hearing about it, but think of its use. Is it something that God is using to punish us for our sins? Well, here's a clear answer for you. Yes and no. Now, let me explain. In the first place, I'll hedge off any objections by stating very plainly that no, this is not a punishment as though Jesus didn't pay for some sin or other. Jesus took the punishment for all sins. 
suffering the wrath of God on the cross for every single sin. If it helps, then, understand punishment in this context as chastisement or discipline. They're all related terms. So no, God is not punishing us for our sins because Jesus already took that punishment. But also, yes. At the time of the Black Death in Germany, Martin Luther gave the advice when a deadly epidemic strikes. First, we can be sure that God's punishment has come upon us. That's what Martin Luther says. This is a training exercise. All of it. As he goes on to say, God's punishment has come upon us not only to chastise us for our sins, but also to test our faith and love. In the small catechism, Luther draws up a set of questions that Christians must ask themselves each time they prepare to go to the sacrament of the altar. And the first question is, do you believe that you are a sinner? And the last question then asks, but what shall a person do if he feels no hunger and thirst for the sacrament? And the answer is given to recognize the yeast and the sinful desires of the flesh that we possess. Our constant failure to do good and continual doing of what is evil, as well as the ubiquity of sin and trouble in the world and the constant attacks of the devil. When sin bites and its venom coursing through our veins is felt in such a way that we feel its death and we ache in pain, this is a good thing insofar as it means that we see the reality of evil in ourselves. Such pain is, therefore, a messenger of God, an angel, preaching the same message that Jesus preached at his ministry's beginning, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, the people of Israel were likely not conscious of the fact that they had slipped away from the true God. They simply forgot. We can easily make fun of them because they make these same mistakes over and over again while God delivers them over and over. But this is the point. You've heard of the boiling frog analogy? A frog thrown into a pot of boiling water will leap out immediately and save itself. But a frog placed in a pot of tepid water that gradually increases to a boiling temperature, will remain content to its doom. Avoid the complacency that leads to death. The devil wants you to grow careless. Your sinful flesh would rather ignore the uncomfortable demands upon your life that faith makes. Flee that temptation. One sacred writer meditated to remind them of your oracles they were bitten, and then were quickly delivered, so that they would not fall into deep forgetfulness and become unresponsive to your kindness. And hear what St. James says. Consider it complete joy, my brothers, whenever you fall into various kinds of trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces patient endurance. And let patient endurance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Recognize, therefore, every pain you feel as a call to repentance, whether there is any particular sin it might be punishing you or not. The right answer is always to repent. 
to confess your sin and to return to the cross of Christ. The people of Israel did the right thing. The people went to Moses and said, We have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take the snakes away from us. They didn't know how, but they believed that the Lord could take away their pain. We know how. When we confess our sins in the divine service, frequently we use these words, Therefore we come before you with sorrow of heart, in dread and terror of your holy justice and of everlasting death. Our sins are a grievous foe which we should hate in every way as long as we live. Notice how we could almost be talking about venomous snakes there, not just sins. But then we say, O merciful God, you still grant us in this hour to be reminded of your fatherly goodness. According to the promise of your word, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy and implore you, dearest Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, our brother, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised again for our justification, forgive us all our sins. It's based on Christ, his death and resurrection. No, it's from Christ. Hear the wisdom from St. Paul. God made him who did not know sin to become sin for us. The people of Israel were saved by looking at the very thing that was the symbol of their affliction. In another place, the apostle wrote, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Consider that snake lifted up on a pole. It was made of bronze, a metal that would shine brightly in the desert sun, reflecting in a fiery way to remind the people of the fiery serpents, the cause of their destruction. And there they see God giving them his deliverance in that thing. Your life comes from Christ, too. The same sacred writer said this, For the one who turned toward the snake was saved, not by the thing that was beheld, but by you, the Savior of all. For neither herb nor poultice cured them, but it was your word, O Lord, that heals all people. See, God joined his promise to that sign, and therefore it saved them. In the Catechism, we say of baptism, it is not the water that does these things, but the word of God which is in and with the water, and faith which trusts that word of God in the water. And in, of the sacrament of the altar, we say it is not the eating and drinking that does this, but the words here written, given and shed for you for the remission of sins. These words, along with the eating and drinking, are the main thing in the sacrament. And whoever believes these words has exactly what they say, namely, the forgiveness of sins. When Jesus was lifted up like that snake, blood and water spilled from his side. Be reminded when you look at the cross of Christ, not only has he paid for all your sins, but he has given you the signs and the seals that make you certain that your sins are forgiven and that you have his life. In baptism, you are joined to his death and resurrection. So each pain you suffer now is only a reminder that you are in Christ's body pierced 
for you. In the supper, you eat that rich, heavenly food of Jesus' body and drink the blood that he shed as the price for your life. The Israelites forgot God's blessings, saying, look, there is no food, and then deriding what God did give them. And we are disgusted by this worthless food. They ate miraculous bread from heaven, and spoiled children that they were, they decided that that wasn't good enough for them. You have the bread from heaven that is Jesus Christ himself. Look to him. Remember your baptism into him. Eat the flesh and drink the blood that are his true flesh and blood. And live. Maintain in your mind this dual lesson, therefore. First, assume that your affliction is a punishment for sin. Turn to God in repentance. And second, know that your affliction is meant to keep you connected to Christ and his cross. He took all your sin away. He took your death away. His righteousness, his life, his forgiveness, his salvation are yours. You can trust his promise. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. We continue by praying the litany. Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christe eleison. Christ, have mercy upon us. Kyrie eleison, Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, hear us. O Christ, hear us. O God the Father in heaven, have mercy upon us. O God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy upon us. O God the Holy Ghost, true Comforter, have mercy upon us. Be gracious unto us. Spare us, good Lord. Be gracious unto us. Help us, good Lord. From all sin, from all error, from all evil, good Lord, deliver us from the temptations and assaults of the devil, from sudden and evil death, from disease and famine, from war and bloodshed, from sedition and rebellion, from storms and natural disaster, from all calamity by fire and water, and from everlasting death, good Lord, deliver us. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Help us, good Lord. In all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death and in the day of judgment, help us, good Lord. We poor sinners do beseech you to hear us, O Lord God, and to lead and govern your holy Christian church in the right way, to preserve all pastors and servants of your church in the true knowledge and understanding of your word and in holiness of life, to put an end to all godless teaching and causes of offense, to bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived, to beat down Satan under our feet, to send faithful laborers into your harvest, to accompany your word with your spirit and grace, to raise up those who fall and to strengthen those who stand, and to comfort and help the faint-hearted and the distressed. We beseech you to hear us, good Lord to give to all nations peace and concord,
to preserve our country from discord and contention, to direct and defend our government and all in authority, to bless and keep all who administer justice and all our people, we beseech you to hear us, good Lord, to behold and sustain all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation, to protect all who travel, to preserve all women in the perils of childbirth, to strengthen and keep all sick persons and young children, to set free all who are innocently imprisoned, to defend and provide for all fatherless children and widows, and to have mercy on all people. We beseech you to hear us, good Lord. To forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts, to give and preserve to our use the fruits of the earth, and graciously to hear our prayers. We beseech you to hear us, good Lord. O Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we beseech you to hear us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Grant us your peace. O Christ, hear us. O Christ, hear us. Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christe eleison. Christ, have mercy upon us. Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, creator and preserver of all things, we thank you for the grace and mercy you have shown to all people, especially in sending your only Son to be our Savior from sin, death, and the power of the devil. Be with us during this time of sickness, fear, and doubt. Let your word bring comfort and hope to all who hear it, calming fears and providing strength for each day. Give our leaders the wisdom to make decisions that will help our people with their earthly needs and protect us from all harm. Protect our doctors, nurses, and all who provide care to the sick and to those who cannot care for themselves. Give them an extra measure of strength and help them through this difficult time. We pray that you will also provide calm and peaceful days as together we face this disease. Remind each of us of our responsibility to our neighbor that we consider others in all the decisions we make. Above all, we pray that your will be done. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Help us, O God, of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and provide atonement for our sins, for your name's sake. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our supplications to you and have promised that wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, you will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of your servants as may be most expedient for them. Grant us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the world to come life everlasting. Amen.